Where are you? Are you in your bathroom? Yeah, in my bathroom. Just sitting on the toilet right now. No, I'm in the spare bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just, dude, I'm saving time. I'm saving time. <laughs> Multitasking. Yeah. Welcome to Session to Session Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, John, and uh, we're a group of riders from up in Sudbury, Ontario. Talk about bikes, talk about riding, talk about where we ride, how we ride, what we ride, and uh, today we're uh, talking some gravel bikes, some drop bar bikes. Everyone's got their spandex on. Uh, but before we kind of get into that, I mean, this is episode 12, guys, or episode whatever we want to call it, like 9.4 of the uh, mini series. So you want to buy a bike. Uh, we're going to cover kind of how to buy a bike. If you guys haven't listened to the ones before this, you definitely should. We talked about hardtails already. We talked about uh, full suspension mountain bikes. We talked about your entry-level bikes. Now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty, the uh, the fun spandex, super fast stuff. Uh, but with me today, we've got uh, Evan here virtually on the left black screen with uh, nothing but his name on it. How's it going? We got uh, the Todd Father Thompson just below him. Hey, hey, podcast followers. And we've got Brunetti in the uh, just below me in the bottom right. Hey, guys. Uh, no Professor Beavers today. Professor Beavers had to bow out because he just bought a gravel bike and knows nothing about them. So he's uh, looking forward to listening to this podcast to learn what about what he just bought and uh, how to fix it. So anyways, um, before we kind of get into talking about <laughs> gravel bikes, guys, I kind of want to hit on something quick um, about bikes. So when we're talking about gravel bikes, we're talking about specifically drop bar style bikes built for uh, open road or maybe mixed terrain, um, not to be confused with hybrids. Now, we did mention hybrids briefly in a podcast before, but hybrids are a very specific kind of bike. Um, a hybrid is something that uh, it's, it's kind of an overused term we find in the industry that covers everything between a mountain bike and a road bike. Hybrids usually have a flat bar and usually they have a suspension fork or a rigid fork or they have uh, some all sorts of different kinds of bikes on there. That's kind of your daily commuter. That's your rail trail bikes, kind of boot around town bikes, not to be confused with the true gravel bikes. The true gravel bikes are your, you know, slightly longer distances, 30 kilometers and up. Um, generally speaking, wider tires, drop bars, we're going to get into that. But if you're looking for a hybrid, that's kind of your under a thousand dollar, um, commuter style bike or fitness style bike, not quite the same as what we're talking about here. Um, but if you are, if you have questions about them and you need more info on those guys, make sure you hit us up and we'll answer those questions for you. Um, but today gravel specific. So everyone here's got gravel bikes. Um, for starters, I guess let's chat about our gravel bikes. Um, <laughs> let's start with Evan. Because, uh, yeah, Evan, let's, let's, what kind of bike do you have? Uh, I've got the uh, 2020 Felt Breed. The Felt Breed. What size wheels yeah. do you have on that thing? What size wheels do I have on that thing? I don't remember. 27.5. 27.5 or 650B. So that's important yeah. to remember, guys. Whenever we're talking about road, for some reason, all the roadies, uh, they like spandex and they like metric numbers. So they, everything road is 700C or 650 650 being 27 and 700c being 29 exact same however roadie sizes um whenever we're talking about drop bar bikes we're talking about spandex we're talking about cycling caps we're talking about metric numbers todd what bike do you have 
I have a Super Steel Rondo Bogan, uh, and it's, um, yeah, I guess it fits under the gravel category. It also slides a bit into the adventure bike or bike packing bike because it's got bolts and stuff that I can attach things to. Um, so, yeah, there's, like the other bikes, there's kind of ranges uh, from cyclocross to gravel to road. So. Uh, Mine's got big fat 2.129 tires, um, custom wide bars from Australia. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just an all around fun machine. Perfect for Sudbury. Unbelievable. It's a pretty cool bike. Um, Todd's bike has actual 29. So now I'm going to throw a twist in here. We're actually talking about uh, Imperial numbers. So on Todd's bike, it has what would be no, what would be seen as a 29er mountain bike tire. Uh, big ass tires on his drop bar bike. Um, <coughs> Brunetti, what do you have as far as a gravel bike this year? You just picked up a new one, right? Yeah, so I've, uh, I'm about three or four rides into a 2021 Felt Breed. Um, mine has the 700Cs on it, uh, which is, you know, the 29er uh, equivalency. Um, so similar to Evans, but a little bit different. Same bike, different year, right? So slightly different. Uh, they made some changes, but same frame. Same frame. Yeah. And, uh, like, and again, Beavers is on my old, uh, gravel bike now. So for the last number of years, I've been riding a Cannondale slate. So, uh, very, very different rig compared to what I had. Very different. We'll talk about that freak later. Um, that's a, that's a bike. Um, so we're talking about just, you're running the middle of the gravel bikes. Now there's different, obviously we talked about different frames here already. We've talked about different wheel sizes. I think the first one to really hit on is wheel sizes. Um, with a gravel bike specifically or an open road bike uh as some companies are calling it there's still two different wheel sizes right same way in mountain bike we have 27 and 29 so evan's on 27 todd's on 29 or 700 c brunetti's on 29 or 700 c i myself actually i didn't mention i'm on a uh, rondo root tie which is on 700s but i was on a, a 650 or 27.5 um steel surly before this um there's not necessarily a right or wrong with gravel. It's just different. Uh, Evan, how do you find your bike being on 27? So you've got a slightly wider tire, right? Than the, I do. Than a, than a 700? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit wider. Um, I, I, I like the tires. Um, the, the wheel size hasn't really affected me too much. Um, seem to be able to ride over and around and on any, anything that we come across. So, yeah, it's been a good bike haven't really had any issues being so wide but you get quite a bit more traction i imagine i i do get a lot of traction yeah um but i tend to over inflate or really inflate my tires so um like rolling resistance is pretty low mm -hmm. even though the tires are kind of wider so it's kind of like fat biking that way, right? Like yeah. when you think about fat biking, you know, everything's tire pressure, right? So if you're running a tire like you are with higher volume, right? You're running a 47 wide tire, 47 yeah. millimeters wide on a uh, 27 and a half inch tire. It's pretty, pretty big for a road bike tire, but if you play with the pressures, kind of make it work. Yeah. Yeah. I just go really high with the pressure on it. Sweet. Sweet. Todd, um, <laughs> big knobby 29er tires um how do you find keeping up how do you find that or how do you find it on the gravel as well you find you're you have an aggressive enough tire but still fast enough tire um yeah the the tire that came the tires that came with it are a, a wtb 
Nano, I think they are. Um, so they have a, a continuous center line, which is good for, um, you know, when you're hitting asphalt or, you know, really well-packed gravel. So you can, you can still clip along. Um, I guess I managed to keep up. Um, I have been toying with different tire options and still haven't quite landed on it. Um, going to an XC race tire, kind of more for the look. Uh, would obviously sacrifice speed, but looks cool. Um, or uh, sort of, uh, uh, I do have a tire to try the uh, Gravel King, so the Panda Racer Gravel King, which is probably the industry standard. Uh, that's the, the go to gravel tire. Uh, I'm going to put it on and give it a shot, but um, yeah, who knows? I might even just get a XC race tire and just flop them around depending on my mood that day. Lots of versatility with that bike, it seems. Yeah, exactly. It's fun. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, Brunetti, so you were on 650s, but now you're on 700s. So I know you're only three rides in, but um, are you finding a big difference between the 650s and the 700s, both performance on-road and off-road? So, yes. Uh, I will say like I've tried probably about five or six different tires on the slate um just trying different widths uh and really found that the different width is is quite impactful uh and again it really just depends on where you're taking the bike um similar to what evan had with like the 650b by 47s uh i actually found that those are really nice both on and off road uh, i found they just added an extra level of comfort while you were riding I prefer a wider tire uh, versus the narrower tire. Uh, again, like I said, just simply for that um, for that comfort factor. Uh, I think it's negligible what you're losing in um, in rolling resistance. So the new tires now are, are also like so well put together. And again, I think it also is the lug like the lug tread and the pattern is probably more impactful than the width of the tire um but i find right now that like the the, the stock uh tires that came on it are a vittoria uh and have a really really um smooth center line with just a nice little lug along the edges um rolling like just the 29er tire just rolls so much better everywhere you're going in general uh, i haven't had had a chance to take it on anything like super super aggressive yet um but so far everything that i've thrown at it i mean just recognizing that it is still spring so everything's kind of soft a little bit muddy uh it's hooking up really really well um and carrying speed really nicely when you get to uh to a road section so um overall i would say that the bike feels a lot quicker um maybe not quite as nimble i think that that's one thing that i noticed with the smaller tires is you can um get around things a little quicker similar to a mountain bike i mean when you're getting into 29er tires um you're not gonna be able to cut those corners probably quite as tightly as you could on the 650b um but the majority of the riding that I'm doing is not super, super aggressive gravel riding. Uh, it's just long distance gravel. So having the bigger tire, uh, something with a, like a nice smooth center line, a little bit of, a little bit of tread to it uh, with a, you know, a medium aggressive lug on the side uh, is exactly what I'm after. So really, really happy with the tire uh, rim setup. Yeah. I love those tires. I've got the same ones that you do. And just having, like you say, that smooth center line with the lugs on the outside or, I don't know if there's lots of traction, but you still get lots of, uh, lots of speed out of it on a, on a smooth surface. Yeah. And much happier now that I've put them, that they've gone tubeless. Uh, so yeah. I did actually get a, I did get a pinch flat on my second ride on it. Um, just cause I just, there wasn't time to get, uh, to get the tubes out, 
Um, so again, another suggestion, if you are running a gravel bike, uh, and you're looking to buy one, uh, making sure that it has uh, tubeless ready, uh, rims that again, I think that makes a really, really big difference. Uh, especially if you're planning on getting into the more aggressive riding, uh, you're going to want to run lower pressures and, uh, having being able to go tubeless is, is a game changer. It's no different than, you know, mountain biking, fat bike, whatever bike you're riding, tubeless riding is just so much better. Mm-hmm. Makes it make total game changer, right? The only time we're seeing guys not go full tubeless is necessarily on like higher end road bikes. Sometimes we're still seeing guys run tubes, uh, clinch, <coughs> clinch your tires, um, that kind of stuff. But uh, but I totally agree, man. I think the bike I had before, the bike I'm on now, my uh, my Surly Midnight Special, I was on 27s, and I had tried like I know I tried every tire I could, and the best tire I found was um, was a total slick. Like 27.5 by 47, totally slick. I found that I could modulate the pressures to get either the traction or the speed I needed when I needed it. So like I took that bike to Walden. I rode the single track through Walden out on the group rides. I rode that bike on the road. I did a lot of things. Definitely, it was definitely slower on the road than maybe most bikes. It was also steel and like 30 pounds. But the on, I was able to ride on trail with it because I had so much volume. So it's not necessarily just tread pattern uh, to remember guys. It's also the, the size of the tire. You get a super knobby 30 wide tire and they're still not gonna get the traction you might want. But if you go to like a 40 wide tire and you lower the PSI down, you might get a little more traction out of that, out of that bike and, and a little more versatility. Um, so uh, John, that- I've pl- played with I've played with that uh, similar to what you're saying and have ran. Uh, I think their WTB Nano, which was virtually a, a, like a, a slick as well, uh, on my slate. And I'll agree with you on all aspects of that, except when you get into like sloppy, soupy mud. Um, that's when you're finding that having a little bit of lug just on the outer edge really, really is a game changer. Um, I, I again, the slicks or semi slicks, whatever you want to call them. In all, like for on on road riding, off road riding, I've never had an issue with like tire slippage or anything like that. The only time that I found that I wish I would have had a little bit of lug was when you start to get into mud. Yeah, uh, and spring and fall, like, like spring and fall, right? Like, but the rest of yeah. the time, having you know slicks or semi slicks, you're you're good to go on a gravel bike. Yeah, that's what I had. To be honest, I should have mentioned that. I, have, I usually have a set of um, like the Terrabao Ramparts, which is like a super aggressive, uh, almost like a mini mountain bike tire. And I have them hanging up in the shop and I throw those on for my mudding tires. And uh, yeah, because when you get you get into anything wet and you're on a slick tire, you it's like greasy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's it's important to remember, guys, with gravel bikes is their bikes are purpose built, right? Bikes are built for the reason, like specific reason of you riding them right whether it be you're doing more road or more gravel it's more of a gradient than it is a black and white answer there's not you know listen to this podcast you guys aren't going to get it oh dude this is the bike to buy we're just going to tell you about the different kinds of bikes because especially gravel gravel is a very new discipline and it's very um undiscovered right we're finding you know just in the groups that we ride with, you know, we're finding the fronts of that sometimes we're like, Oh, Hey, they should really come out with this. And then we're talking to companies and, uh, and like, Oh, wax actually coming next year. Awesome. So, uh, when you're finding the limits of the, of a lot of these products, you're really starting to, uh, it's really cool to see that, right. It's like the first, you know, nineties mountain biking. It's, it's like that all over again, but with gravel. Um, now with regard to tires, 
um, we are going to talk about like a little more of an open road category as well. So <laughs> now when you're looking at some bikes, you'll notice that maybe it has frame clearance of up to 40 wide tires, uh, 40 millimeters wide, right on a 700 C or 29. And if it has clearance up to that doesn't necessarily mean you have to run that tire. Um, we do see DaVinci does a really, really good job of this guys. Honestly, if you want to like a good opportunity to look at the difference between like a road or an open road and a gravel bike, they do a bike called the hatchet and the hatchet has an open road spec or a gravel spec. Now the open road spec comes with 32 wide tires. The gravel spec comes with 40 and generally speaking, the 40 is a little knobbier. Now, both of both are on the same frame. However, one bike is good for a different rider, right? Like I said, purpose built. So if you find yourself riding a little more road, if you're gonna do 99% pavement, but you know, hey, it's Sudbury pavement, right? Which is a little bit rough. That's like Toronto gravel. Um, you might want that 32 wide tire. Right? That seems to be the consensus. Is 32 for Sudbury roads, 28 if you had beautiful pavement. We have one stretch of that, right? And you got to get there. So 32 seems to be the norm there. Um, if you guys are looking and without a doubt like unmistakable if you are looking for speed and you are looking for uh, a road bike specifically like you're trying to go fast uh you you need to be getting on 700 c's or 29s that's undisputable uh once we starting into 650s like evan's bike like my old bike like brunetti's old bike we, you can definitely make the argument to go to 27 for a little bigger tire, 47 wide, or Todd's bike on 29s, big mountain bike tires. Um, but if you're doing open road specifically, you're trying to ride pavement, make sure you're getting 700s. Make sure you got clearance for 32s. Seems to be the norm. Um, moving from there, guys. <laughs> so now the conversation moves from tires to drivetrains. Now, these are the two mix and match that we constantly, this is the battle we have. Now, what's the right way to do it and wrong way to do it? Again, we don't know. However, we do know there's different ways. Um, definitely on a road bike. So both Brunetti and myself have road bikes. Brunetti, is your road bike a two by? Yeah, road bike is a two by. Yeah, absolutely. And my, yeah, yeah. And my slate was, my slate was also a two by. Uh, and the felt is now a one by. So I've I've been on both on a gravel. Can you explain what a two by is versus a one by for uh, people who might not know? Maybe they're coming off the mountain bike world. They've only ever seen one or the other. Sure. So uh, a two by is just indicating that it has a front derailleur uh, and has two rings up front. So you're just getting a lot more range uh, on your front end. Um, so. My, like typically you're looking at something on a road and gravel bike you're if it is a two by you're probably going to see your larger ring in the front is going to be around a 50 t uh and your smaller is going to be somewhere mid 30s uh is, i think is is typically kind of the combination that they go with uh a one by is essentially just going to have a single ring up front uh and going to be somewhere likely in a you know in the mid 40 teeth like 40 um 40 teeth on it so you know 44 or 46 or something along those lines mm -hmm. so same kind of conversation we have with mountain bikes right um whereas a one by definitely uh geared a little more trail has better chain tension a one by will also have uh a little more limited gearing however um a two by generally can you get better cadence options, right? Cadence meaning how fast your pedals are spinning. So the um, on a two by the reason to go two by on a road bike specifically, I mean you're going long distances, we're doing 100k, 150k. You want to make sure you get all those gearing options. Um, but I mean, jury's kind of out on the gravel side. There's a lot of different options. Um, Evan, 
Are you a one by or two by on your felt? I'm a one by. And are you yes. on a SRAM or a Shimano drivetrain? Shimano. How do you like that? Uh, I love it. It it shifts seamlessly. But you know what I would like to do is I'd like to go up a couple teeth on my uh, on my chain ring. I, oh, yeah? I find yeah, I find that. Uh, well, I'm on an eleven. 1142 yep and i find that um <laughs> the the bottom the bottom three um i'm sort of looking for a, a gear in between the two so that makes sense. i think i think going to a larger chain ring would probably solve that but other than that like shifting wise um you know, I, I've never had any chain skip. I've never had any problems with, um, you know, shifting and it, it being between, uh, between gears. It's, it's a, it's a solid system. Good. Yeah. That's the nice thing about one by, right? So if you are going one by, I mean, it makes sense for him, right? Too. Cause you think about his bike, he's got the wider tires. He's got the smaller, uh, the smaller diameter. He's got the smaller diameter. He's got the wider tires. And with the one by, that makes sense, right? Better chain tension. He can ride more aggressively. Um, kind of makes sense. But the nice thing about the one by is you can also adjust the chain size, the chain ring size, sorry. Um, if you find like, and I think you're on a 40, right? Or 42? 40. Yeah, uh, 40, 40. Yes. So that's pretty small. Geared more towards that uh, slightly more trail side. Uh, it gives you an easier range of gears. But if you move that up to a 42 or 46, I actually had at one point on my bike, um, which I'll talk about a little bit more in a minute, I uh, had a 50 on because it was it was available and it was like ridiculously hard, like almost impossible to ride on the road. Uh, anything but the road, sorry. And um, it, there's definitely a range there, but you can, you can change that chain ring to change your whole range, which is kind of nice, right? Um, Todd. So you're on a, uh, a one by now too. Um, you, how do you find your one by on your bike on 29s? Um, for the, for the most part, uh, like I, I'm kind of a hard guy to please in this cause I use that bike for so many different things. So, um, and Lately, I've been kind of debating, do I want to go to a two-by to maybe go a little faster on the road and keep up with you guys and stuff? But um, mine's an 11 to 42 one-by, uh, 42 tooth in the front. Um, and, I mean, it works for, for most things. Um, you lose, uh, you, you know, there's some bigger jumps because of the one-by, right? So, um, yeah, I mean it gets me where I need to go and I haven't been stuck and I've been able to keep up for the most part. Uh, um, and it's doing what I want, but, um, it's, it's really hard. You've, you've got to really think about what you're going to truly use the bike for. Are you going to be more road centric with a little bit of pack trail and, and gravel roads? Or are you going to be more trail and, and gravel? Cause if you're going to lean to the roadside, I would probably say you should, you should consider getting it a two by, uh, and then have that um, have that luxury of the um, uh, the more range and the tighter the tighter um, range between each gear. So uh, really, you gotta you gotta either um, get an all purpose and just deal with the uh, limitations, or you gotta go with a two by and and then 
deal with the limitations of that on the on the trail. So yeah, there really is pros and cons to both. Yeah. Yeah, and what are, what are you thinking as far as where you're at with yours, uh, one by or two by? Like, what are you thinking? Uh, it's yeah, I'm going to stay one by. Um, uh, I think I'd probably just get a cheap road bike. We talked about this in the shop actually just this week. Um, so if I wanted to go a little bit faster and, and maybe hook it up to a trainer and do that by the time I could get a road bike probably for the same price as would take to switch everything over on my bike. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's that seems option. to be the buy consensus. More, buy more bikes. If, if <laughs> buy more bikes. Fun, that's always buy the more, answer. N plus one. Really. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the trap that I fell down myself. So I went, I had, um, a cycle cross bike, beautiful cycle cross bike that, uh, Brunetti's wife now owns. Um, and I had a road bike, um, which another friend of mine now owns and I had them both. And what I found is I wasn't riding either. And I was like, this is dumb. Why would I ever have two bikes when I could just have one? And then I bought my Surly and I had just one bike. But then I rode my Surly so much. I'm like, wow, wouldn't it be nice if I had like a higher end, faster version of this? So then I bought a road bike and a gravel bike. And now I'm back in the same situation. I'm like, hmm, if I could find enough time to ride both these bikes, maybe I should just have one bike. So this is the constant battle back and forth. It's not necessarily the right or wrong way to do it, guys. It's just keeping in mind when you get a gravel bike, if you ride it on the road constantly, um, there's going to be some limitations. And if you get a open road bike and you ride it on the gravel, um, there's also going to be some limitations. It's these bikes are, uh, are built for purposes using them outside of the purposes. There's definitely some changes. Um, Brunetti, um, you want to, uh, take a minute and talk about before I chat about, uh, what I've got going on as far as bikes this year, uh, you want to chat about your freak of a bike that was that slate and, uh, I, to explain to people kind of what that bike was about, what you learned with that bike, because definitely some things to learn, and uh, what uh, what you like about your new bike and don't like about your new bike even. Sure. So um, had the slate uh, for a few years. Um, it's it's essentially a gravel bike uh, that came with uh, a two by drivetrain um, and has a front suspension fork on it. So it has a lefty, uh, so the single arm front suspension fork on it. Uh, it has a very size. very uh, 650B, uh, 650B it came with. Um, and like I said, just a, the, the suspension fork is minimal. I think it has 30 mils of travel. So just enough to kind of take the edge off, um, which was actually a really, really great feature, uh, especially if you're riding on um, any type of like any type of off-road. Uh, so as soon as you get into anything that has a little bit, um, you know, some more bumps and lumps and, and things where you're getting it to be a bit more aggressive, uh, it had a lockout right at the top. So it was really nice. Uh, I mean, I would say probably, you know, 85 to 90% of the time you're riding with it locked out. Uh, but when you did get to those sections, when it's almost like that chatter or there's some, you know, something big to roll over, the ability to just kind of open it up and just give yourself a little bit of squish was really, really nice. Uh, it did have a save rear end, um, again, aluminum frame, uh, but the, you know, the chain stays did have a little bit of flex to them. Um, and overall, I thought it was a really, really awesome bike. I, you know, I really enjoyed it while I had it. Um, the limiting factor for me was just tire size. Um, I found that it wasn't able to run the 47s in the back with enough clearance um, when you got into, um, you know, like, like I said, getting into any mud or getting into anything like super, super aggressive. Um, you, you were looking at like a 40, you know, a 42 was probably the best size to fit in that bike. And that's what it came with stock. Um, 
I tried running some forties on it. I tried a bunch of different variations of tires and different things. Um, and, uh, I just felt that it was, you know, it was time to move on. I really wanted to try something with the 29ers. Um, that was really, I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me. Um, and I mean, up until this year, I was firm that I would never go to a one by. I always really, really wanted the range of the two by, um, I really like to, to push a lot of power. Um, and the majority of the time I'm riding in really, really hard gears. Uh, and I found that that, that bike had a 52, um, 52 and 1136, I think, or 11, I can't remember. I think it was an 1136 in the back, 40. whatever it was, 1142. Um, the majority of the time I'm spending in my, in my, you know, my large ring in the front and near the bottom gearing in the back. Um, and said that I would never go to a one by, uh, just cause I didn't, I, you know, I felt that I wouldn't get enough at the top end. Um, so now moving into the felt, uh, which does have a, which is a one by, um, and it came with a four, I think it's a 44. Um, so it's a, it's actually a different, um, crank and uh, like a proprietary crank and front ring by this brand called Praxis. Praxis. Yeah. So this is a brand that, I, and again, I think that initially I really wanted to get to, um, put it like if i was going to go with the one by i said i wanted to put a one by oval uh, but this bike came with praxis which is a brand that no none of us have really had an opportunity to try yet um so i've kept it on there it is a gravel specific uh, um chain ring uh on the front uh with a, and, and they are carbon cranks um and it's just it's designed actually to shed more mud so it's designed a little bit differently than a, than a typical you know, regular chain ring, uh, so far so good. I mean, like I said, it's, I'm only a few rides in on it. Um, I do find that at the top end, um, I could use a little bit more, but Praxis actually makes a 50 T, um, like one by ring that is designed to work with their proprietary cranks. Uh, so I think the plan, the game plan is to go up to the 50 on it. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's only a few rides in, but, uh, comparing the two bikes, uh, the slate had one Oh five, like a two by a Shimano 105 drivetrain and brakes, uh, which I've always been a Shimano guy. Really, really liked them. Um, one thing with Shimano shifting versus SRAM shifting, um, uh, that took a little bit of getting used to is, uh, the way they actually shift is different. So Shimano has like a two lever system. So, um, there's like one lever inside of the uh of the brake handle um and shimano actually uses the brake handle to change gears so you, you like you slide the brake handle inwards um versus sram uh which is like a double like a dual click on the same paddle. takes you a minute to figure that one out right yeah it did, it did take a minute but i really have if you to don't say, tell people people are like oh, dude keep shifting down i can't make it any easier yeah. what's going can you, on <laughs> can you like my derailleur is broken it just won't work but uh but you know i i have to say i was not expecting to like the one by as much and i've never really liked a lot of the sram stuff but so far the sram force that came on it uh the shifting is like buttery smooth uh the braking is modulating really well it actually feels very very similar uh to the shimano braking which i was surprised because uh, coming from the mountain bike world like shimano and uh and sram brakes are i find are very very different have a very different feel to them uh but comparing the two uh this the, the sram actually feels really nice it breaks really well uh the shifting is really crisp really smooth um and like i said you know similar to what evan is saying i would like a little bit more gear uh but even for myself right now like a lot of us are doing this swift stuff together and i'm really really <laughs> trying to focus on my cadence 
uh, and get my cadence up. So having the smaller gear is, is a, it's actually a really good training uh, tool for me and forces me to, to work on cadence. Get your knees up, man. Get your knees up. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny. I went through the same thing. Exactly the same, man. So I, I had a, uh, a Surly Midnight Special, which is kind of like a half touring adventure bike. Um, 650B, just like Bernetti's. No suspension fork, because uh, that's weird. And it was steel. So I, um, I found I was using it so much, I wanted to go to something a little lighter. However, I wanted something aggressive, still something that I can smash the hell out of, something I can ride trail with. And we're going to talk about um, frame types in a minute. Uh, I ended up with the titanium frame. And I went to go, so I, I put my 650 wheels on because they fit. I've since put 700C wheels on it. And I tried to transfer all my parts from my Surly onto it. And uh, something they didn't say in the um, in the notes for this bike is it's not two by compatible. Whereas the aluminum models are, the titanium model isn't because it's got a weld right through the middle of where you would put your front derailleur mount. So I was forced into one by and I was not super stoked about it. I was kind of mad. But uh, from being honest, I haven't had any issues. I'm on. A, I, I had. I played around. I got a one by. I got a forty in the front. <laughs> I hated it. I got a fifty. I also hated it. Now I'm on a forty-four oval. Like I don't even like. We we were going. Me and Matt went out for a ride this weekend. Uh, we we're going like forty-five kilometers an hour down the Malia extension, and I still have one more gear. So like, I feel pretty happy about that um we still like i feel like i can get enough speed when i need to but still get an easy enough gear when i need to um kind of force into the one by world i was gonna um i was gonna go into the new uh campy e-car group set but it seems to be back ordered till uh, the end of time so instead what i've done um i'm staying on my shram 11 speed drivetrain but i'm doing mechanical only so no hydraulic brakes i'm going i've been running paul brakes uh, which is a super weird company from the nineties that does uh, CNC aluminum like pieces. And like, it's all like CNC and kind of crazy looking weird brakes. But uh, I'll tell you guys, you can almost have too much stopping power on a road bike. Um, that's, that's the thing. Every time I'm, I'm riding in the, uh, I was riding through the rotary trails and every time I applied my brakes, I've just like engaged a massive skid. Um, so I'm learning how to modulate these brakes. They got almost too much power, but, uh, on the mechanical side, which is kind of cool instead of having hydraulics, trying something different out there, but long-term review to come later, I guess. Um, <laughs> so jury's out guys on one by and two by, I mean, everyone here right now is on a one by no one's having any issues. Um, I do think if you're going to be doing a little more of like adventuring, touring, um, longer distances, especially if you're going to carry cargo with you, right? You keep in mind, most of the rides we're doing, we're not really, we're putting bags on our bikes, but mostly for just like small stuff. If you're running a tent and whatnot, you might really want to run uh, a two by drivetrain just to have more gears, right? For more underweight. Um, as far as flame, is that to Todd? Do you have a question there? No, I'm not sure why my square went green. Maybe oh, um, well, there you go. The dog <laughs> That's okay. <part. laughs> That's okay. Um, so frame types. I guess Todd, you can start then. Um, actually, no, you're not going to start because you got a weird one. Evan, you're going to start. Uh, so frame types. Um, I mean, there's different ways you can run a frame. We know this already on the mountain bike world. Mountain bikes, we see aluminum, we see carbon. Evan, um, you framing your bike? Uh, it's what aluminum. Kind of frame you got aluminum. Uh, your fork yeah. though. Carbon. Carbon. Why carbon fork yeah. on a gravel bike? Um, don't know. <laughs> yeah, vibrations. 
Damp is Yeah, damp is vibrations. So generally speaking, guys, what you'll see is you'll see the, the bikes will come like uh, base model bikes always aluminum. Uh, carbon fork is generally speaking the standard at this point. Um, a carbon fork will absorb vibrations. It'll uh, especially in like your think like washboard, like the small vibrations, it'll absorb all that. Same thing can happen in your handlebar and in your seat post. So if you can imagine all your contact points, right? If you can take all the vibrations out of there, you're you're kind of better off. Um, Evan, you like your aluminum frame? I do, yeah. You do? For you the, find it the... like hinders you? No, not at all. But I, I have an aluminum frame mountain bike, and we covered this last time. I tend to crash a lot, and so I think having the rigidity and maybe the the dent instead of crack feature probably suits my riding style a bit better. <laughs> you crash on your gravel bike? Yeah, I remember we were out last year and we turned that corner at Fielding and I just completely washed out my front tire and yep, like slid yeah. face first into the bridge. Yep. Yeah, good times. Classy good move. Times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classy move. Uh, Brunetti, Brunetti, your bike, uh, what about your, your slate was aluminum, right? What about your new bike? Yeah, the new one is actually aluminum as well. So uh, the new breed does not come in carbon yet. Um, yeah. So it is, it's aluminum uh, with, a, with a carbon fork. It's, it's like the, cra- it's, it's a really weird combination to see on a, on a, on an aluminum frame. So it has carbon cranks, carbon seat, like everything else about the bark, the bike is carbon except the frame. Um, so yeah, so it, it's, uh, it's an aluminum and uh, so far so good. Good. Guillaume from Felt, we're looking at you, dude. We want carbon breeds, dude. Yeah, yeah. everything but carbon but the frame, man. What you what you doing? Like, like we need it. We just we, we we've taken it like I you know, if it was available, I would have liked to have gone carbon with it, uh, to be honest. Um so just waiting for the uh waiting for that next step to, to Why would it. you want to go carbon on it? Uh, I just want to, I mean, it's actually surprising. <laughs> I'm really shocked actually how light that bike is now. Um, crazy light it's crazy like it it, it doesn't it doesn't it, it feels like it's as light as a carbon bike uh, as a carbon bike um i think but it's again, 21 just, pounds uh i think it might be actually less than that but but around around in around that mark um but i for me it's uh, i just I, I like the dampening uh, of a carbon bike and just the way it feels to ride it um it's I mean, different, I, right? yeah it's just it's just it just has a different feel to the ride um having gone from aluminum mountain bikes um to i mean i have a, a a gravel road bike i have a gravel or sorry a carbon fat bike uh, a carbon road bike a carbon mountain bike um and you know it just i think it makes sense to be on a carbon carbon gravel bike as well you couldn't have a peasant bike that couldn't be possible well I, this is this, i would say this breed is far from a peasant bike but you know <laughs> absolutely absolutely todd um the uh the outlier over there uh your bike uh how carbon is your bike zero carbon zero carbon carbon steel and i bet you it doesn't weigh 21 pounds (laughs) yeah it doesn't weigh 25 pounds (laughs) the tires weigh 21 pounds (laughs) no and um when i when i bought the bike so i probably get something different now knowing uh you know knowing kind of more what we're doing now but i i thought a good sales pitch on well i'm saying i should buy another bike (laughs) i 
bike. <laughs> that bike, you go back and forth from home to work, right? So then COVID happened, and now I work from home. So I don't really ride my bike from the, my bedroom down to the basement. But if you Although did, that would be a pretty good bike for it. <laughs> yeah, I could take it. No, right. You could, You would be able to fit that thing down a stairway. Yeah, I was going to say, with like, his hand put wingspan on your... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to learn how to do endo turns a bit better, I think, to make it. Uh, so, yeah, it's steel. It's a bit heavier. Um, but it can obviously take... You know, I, I take it on full single track and... Like I said, I got wide bars that are like 55 millimeters at the hoods. And uh, so you get... For context, guys, your average bar is like 42 millimeters. And uh, and so Todd's got a mountain bike handlebar on his road bike, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's an absolutely different bike. But it like really, you notice it on the, on the really loose gravel. Like, I don't feel sketchy at all. I used to have my old cyclocross bike with 38 tires and really narrow bars and you you know you're holding on to dear life just hoping that you know and praying that you don't hit something and go flying off the bars this is totally different so uh it's fun bike should be fun right you, you, you can't always how do you find the steel uh to tell you the truth i've never ridden a carbon road or other bikes so i don't oh. have a lot to compare it to but um I mean, if you think back to the '90s, it's it's got flex, right? Uh, the the um, it's it's narrow, right? The you know to save a bit of weight you, and the and, and the material stronger, so it's a little bit narrower. So um, I think to allow it to smash and 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 crash like I do steel is probably a good thing. Um, but if I were to be like one of those, you know hipster guys with a shaped beard and, and plaid plaid outfits and do gravel races that probably then get something that's, you know, lighter and carbon and, uh, you know, kind of weight weenie down to the road size. I, I yeah. think I'd probably do that if I was using it more for an all purpose, like exercise ride, because you can, you can still do most of the stuff, but you know, I, I wouldn't be trying to hit some of the rock parts, of Walden with the carbon gravel bike, I keep it kind of more to gravel. That this just gives me this just gives me the the option to take the bike really wherever I want to take it. That makes sense, man. And like the nice thing about the steel too, like they talk about steel for touring. They talk about steel for you know distance riding, long terrain. If you're if you're gonna go somewhere, if you had something happen, you could weld it. Like you could. Um, and the big things for steel, right, is supple and compliance, right? Like it's, it's the frame itself is supposed to flex quite a bit more and be a lot more resilient. Um, it's kind of the thinking, right? Like with your bogan with your big tires, just smash it and like, don't worry about it, right? At least it doesn't beat your body up as much. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, it's just, it is just a super fun bike to ride. It's, it's different yeah. and you, 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 you know, I like doing stuff that's different sometimes. Yeah, man. I was so I was on a, basically the same thing, my midnight special. Um, and like I talk about, I uh, will talk about that bike forever. Um, it is finally being rebuilt, and it is uh, going up. For, it's going to sale for someone pretty uh, the right person, I guess. What I would say, the bike wasn't for sale, but the right person wants it, so they're going to get it. Um, that bike was basically the best bike I ever owned. Uh, like steel frame, honestly, I just couldn't beat it. 
Um, I beat the snot out of that bike. Uh, rode it at Walden, did the, the fish and chips rock world on it, did all the stuff at the top of Walden. Uh, had like a really good time on it, never had an issue. Like never once did I have a problem. Uh, bike felt good, felt supple, um, felt comfortable, and you felt like you could really rely on the bike. Um, I was looking at getting a new bike. I had gone on a, a longer road ride on it. I put some carbon road wheels on it, tried on my steel bike to try to, you know, speed it up a bit. And I took it to um, a paramedic ride, which was a Toronto to Ottawa ride. And it was good. Um, but it was when someone picked up my bike and they're like, hey, dude, your bike's like super heavy. <laughs> it's like, oh no. So I, um, I started looking into it. I started thinking about what I wanted to get. And I was looking at some carbon bikes. Uh, my only problem <laughs> with the carbon bikes was now that like I was only going to use this for gravel, commuting, and I was going to ride single track on it. I wanted something a lot more resilient, um, but I didn't want to go steel because I wanted something lighter. So I was, I was kind of at a loss of what to do. I was looking at some steel frames that were um, lighter weight steel, right? You can get some different Reynolds tubings and you can get uh, some different stuff that is a lightweight steel frame. Uh, you can also get some kind of like burly aluminum frames. I was looking at some different options. And then I found out Rondo, uh, they have a titanium bike. So titanium is kind of the, um, the mystical, magical uh, metal. I mean, super, super lightweight, um, super light bike, but about as strong as you could ever get it. I uh, should never, ever, ever in the history of ever have an issue with a titanium frame. The idea, the idea being you buy a tie frame once and you have it forever. Um, this bike, it's great. I mean, honestly, I, uh, I, other than I couldn't transfer all my parts over to it. I've had some like learning curves going to 700s. I've had some learning curves with my drivetrain itself. As I'm starting to get things dialed in, I'm really starting to feel at home with the bike. Um, the bike is a little shorter than my other bike. So there's some, some fit things going on there too. Um, but overall, honestly, I'm super happy. Uh, I can beat the snot out of the bike and not worry about it. But at the same time, I can put some speed down when I need to. What I did find is when I transferred onto my bike and I had, um, once you start, when you start going fast on a gravel bike and some like crusher dash trails and stuff, I found changing my bars out to a carbon bar and my wheels out to carbon reels. I got a lot more stiffness out of the bike, um, especially on my tie bike. So there's a lot of compliance built into the frame, but I found I was losing. I felt like I was torquing the wheels and torquing the handlebars uh, when I was putting a lot, when I was trying to put power down. So changing those to carbon and stiffening them up quite a bit, uh, make the bike feel a lot more secure, but um, overall, I'm pretty stoked uh, with the tie bike. I mean, would I necessarily buy one again? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but really good bike as it sits right now. Uh, kind of like your forever bike kind of bike. So that's frame types. Um, guys, accessory wise, let's uh, let's talk about that briefly. Um, Evan, when you go on a gravel ride, are you wearing full spandex? Uh, yeah, usually wear like, um, shorts over top, shorts over top, so not, I'm not a full, like, full spandex guy. No, like I've got the bib and then I've got the shorts over top and then probably, uh, those long sleeve jerseys more often than not just to minimize like everything dripping off me and onto my, onto my bars and I'm not really a spandex guy. I think I've worn spandex twice on our rides. I just know that I'm slow. <laughs> you're not you're not gaining those extra two watts. 
No. No, I just have to work harder for those two watts. That's all. <laughs> Todd, you a uh, full spandex guy? Uh, not so much anymore. I mean, I guess just for cruising around town, I don't, I don't see the point. Uh, if you think of gravel as a culture and if you do your, you know, if you're, if you're getting Instagram feeds from like the gravel cyclist, um, the, the, the trend there is to kind of go to the, uh, if you want to call it the, the tight baggy, so it's slim fitting, stretchy. So, you know, you could go on a gravel ride, get to your destination and go to the coffee shop and have a scone and hang out and be hip and then get, get back on your bike and go. Uh, I kind of like that sort of style. Um, and if, you know, if, for instance, I was racing or whatever, which I, you know, really haven't done for a long time because of COVID and whatever, then yeah, obviously you gotta, you gotta, you got to put on the, the garb for that, but it's, it's really just uh, kind of a tight, tight baggies. Tight baggies. I think that seems to be the consensus, right? Like you wear um, like that, that you hit, really hit the nail on the head there. The go for a ride and then go for a coffee is really what gravel, the gravel apparel looks like. Uh, you might have your, if you have your spandex bibs on, you've got uh, some kind of like a, usually a smaller short over top, just something there. Uh, you have like, you know, a slightly looser baggy jersey, like a, maybe a Fondo jersey or something like that. Um, but uh, again, guys, we're talking like gravel. There's not really any set rules for how gravel needs to be done. Um, you know, if you show up full spandex to a gravel ride, no one's looking at you ready full, full baggies. Also, no one's looking at you ready. Uh, you do you. Uh, Brunetti, as far as accessories on your bikes, uh, are you running any bags, any of that kind of stuff on your bike while you're out gravel riding? So uh, right now I'm just running a, a post bag. I would like to get something a little bit bigger though. Uh, I do find I am, I am a little bit short on storage right now uh, and it's causing me to have to wear um, a, a, like a more of a race style jersey for, for pockets. Um, so I just, uh, I don't have enough space uh, to store everything that I need to bring with me. Uh, so I am still wearing the, uh, you know, like a, like a road Jersey. Um, so yeah, I would suggest, uh, like I, I would like a, you know, like a bento box bag or, or some kind of a, um, like a little bit of a bigger frame bag compared to just the seat bag that I'm currently running. Uh, it worked before, uh, on my, on my slate, uh, because I had the, in the, in the, the, the top tube I was able to, or sorry, in the stem, uh, I was able to put a multi-tool in there, um, but don't have that option anymore. And I was only running, only carrying a 27.5 tube, now bringing a 29er tube. So uh, my stuff has grown. Um, I will say though, if you are running tubeless, I've had really good luck with the stands plugs, um, which has become a staple in all of my, uh, all of my bike bags. So, uh, essentially if you do get uh, a splash in your tire or, you know, not necessarily your sidewall, but just somewhere in the center, um, and you are running tubeless and it's, it's too big of a hole that it can't, uh, seal with the seal. Um, stands makes basically it's like a spike uh, that has a bacon strip attached to it um, that you just and it has like a plastic plug that goes inside of the tire uh, and helps seal things up really really nicely so 
Uh, that's one accessory that I've started carrying um, on well, gravel and mountain, uh, but it started with gravel and uh, and I would say that it's probably a really, really good option uh, if you are running tubeless um, as just an extra accessory that is not, you know, maybe not typical that you would carry in all of your kits. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think bags are important, right? Uh, especially on your gravel bike. We're, uh, you're constantly, whether it be you're pulling arm warmers, taking your arm warmers up, changing your layering options, uh, bringing snacks with you. Maybe you're going a little more on an adventuring trip and you need to bring some things with you. Good place to put a cold beer. Um, making sure you have places to put stuff on your gravel bike is pretty important. Uh, Todd and Evan, last thoughts um, on anything gravel you want to hit on before we end it? Uh, I can't really think of anything. Um, just just a, a pretty versatile way to ride your bike. I mean, you can ride on the road. You can ride on the trails. If you can only afford one bike, it's kind of a good option to, to look at. Yeah, it's your bike bike. Yeah, your bike bike. Bike bike. Uh, Todd, <laughs> uh, anything to hit on before we uh, sign it off? Um, yeah, no, the... Uh, Accessory wise, I got the frame bag, that really super light fabric one. I it's a weird German name, I think. Lieb or something. I can't remember. Lieb. Ortlieb. Ortlieb. Uh, it's awesome because it's a really light fabric. So uh, you know, I need to lighten. I need to watch watch my weight. My bike's already a shit ton of weight just on its own. Uh, that bag is really nice, uh, and then a handlebar bag. Um, it's always good. You know, you, when you're going out for gravel rides, they're typically 30 to 70K, maybe 100 if you're real uh, enthusiastic that day. Um, so you need to carry some food and a rain jacket and a pump and, you know, all the normal stuff that you would do, snacks, food, beer. So you definitely need that. But um, it is the, aside from a mountain bike, if you want to do other types of biking in, in Sudbury or or just have the versatility it's the it's the bike to have it just does does everything yeah i'm with you it's honestly my favorite bike um i spend most of my time on my gravel bike um you guys mostly mostly know that if you guys know me uh spending most of my time on my gravel bike whether it be commuting bombing around getting groceries that kind of stuff uh riding trail single track road try to do it all on one bike makes it comfy makes it easy it's a good bike to have there's lots of options guys and uh if you have questions about it, make sure you reach out now we didn't touch mostly about road um road specific we talked about it a little bit if you guys have questions reach out um we i mean guys listen thank you so much for listening to our uh, our mini series i mean we've got the the feedback we've gotten from you guys has been unbelievable um we've I've had people reach out and uh, and thank us so much for doing this series i mean hey we're doing it for you guys so if you guys have questions please reach out to us right like this series is done uh this is the last last episode of the four part uh but if you have questions it doesn't have to end here we can answer the questions on our next podcast uh we can go back into it um uh, but i mean from here on out guys we're back to our regular stuff uh we're back into the season i mean it's uh, second week of april now so we're starting to talk about biking start talking about mountain biking road biking people are already out riding getting getting ready to to uh you know get the season started uh we're gonna get back to our you know once a week rides where uh sorry once a week podcast where we're going back to like the smaller form uh slightly thinner podcasts 
uh, let us know what you want to hear. If you guys have something specific you want us to talk about, some questions, uh, hit us up, message us on Instagram, message on Facebook, comment on this post. Like we're going to po- make a post just for this podcast and hit us up. Um, but that brings us to the end uh, of episode number 12. That's a dozen. Uh, that's the Dirty Dozen podcast, guys. Um, we are, uh, we've made it. Uh, so, I mean, if you guys are listening, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you share it with your friends. Uh, make sure you tell people about it. Make sure you subscribe, whatever way you're listening. If you're finding a hard time subscribing to this podcast because we're not on your whatever conventional podcast app, let us know. I'll get us on there too. Um, make sure you guys leave us a rating if you can. Uh, please leave us a five if you enjoyed it. Um, otherwise, I mean, uh, I guess that's it, guys. Um, have fun out there. See you later. All right. Goodbye. Appreciate all the followers. See you guys. Thanks for everything.